Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Copysmith. Copysmith is this incredibly cool Alberta-based company that got on my radar about three, four months ago. What they do is they use cutting-edge AI technology to help you with your copywriting. That can be ads, it can be you know product descriptions, it can be emails, social media posts, even blog copy. And I know recently they just added a feature to help you with your landing page copy. So this isn't just for marketers. This is for anyone where copywriting comes up on a daily basis, which for many of us is frequently and also can be a bit intimidating. If you're not a writer, but yet it's something we have to do and we have to do well to get our messages across. Having a tool like this really helps you get that first draft, gets you started, gets you 80, 90% of the way there. It really drops the intimidation factor and gets things rolling. So if you're curious to learn more and you want to take technology out of this cool realm of something you heard about to actually a practical use case, check out Copysmith. Their platform is, like I said, I've been using it for about three, four months personally, and it has been beneficial on multiple occasions. So copysmith.ai and use the promo code collision for 30% off any of their plans for the first three months. A warm collisions. Why do I see welcome to Miss Wendy Winder? How are you, Wendy? Doing great. Can't complain. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We've been having a great little chit chat. And as always, I sometimes forget to push the record button. So I thought we better let the audience in on the conversation <laughs> that we've been having. You are National Director of Marketing for Good Earth Coffee House. And if you live in Calgary, I'm going to go on a limb that the majority of us as Calgarians or Albertans have had the opportunity to um, enjoy your, your establishment. How long have you been working at, uh, at Good Earth? I've been there for four years, um, and yeah, you're right. Good Earth is this local, awesome Calgary success story, and they've been. We're this year they're um, celebrating 30 years in business. So that that is amazing. Not to dredge up the statistics on businesses that succeed versus businesses that fail, but like we all, we all know them. And as entrepreneurs or anyone who's listening, it's like the the odds of success are kind of not in your favor. 30 years that is that's a real number. Like that's a thing. <laughs> it, it's awesome. I mean, uh, 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 Nan Eskenazi and Michael going founded it and they, they'd gone on a trip to Italy and they came back and had this desire, um, for Calgary to have exceptional coffee and wholesome food and to do it in this, you know, amazing, welcoming coffee house environment and, uh, and to do it with a down to earth attitude. Um, and, and back three years ago, there was, there wasn't a lot of those around there. So, um, but the the cool factor for me, and the reason I love being part of Good Earth Coffee House, is that they um, they have this environmental and social responsibility that's kind of at the core of what they do. Um, so they believe in bringing people together and make people feel good, but they have this responsibility to the environment and and to the communities that we're part of. So, uh, I- and being that you've had the same people at the helm, uh, I love the passion of, I think we've all been to Italy and be like, why can't the coffee be this good everywhere else? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, or, and like, why is this taste good here, but I eat it somewhere else and they call it a time, but it's not the same. I love that they've been at the, at the helm. It's also very rare to, fi- to find two founders still at the helm 30 years later. That's, there isn't had been, you know, let's be honest, there's nothing more trendy these days than an exit and uh, all the, you know, all those things we read about, but to have them still there you know, pushing their core passion and driving the business from that place. That's that in itself should be celebrated alone, that they're still there doing the thing that they love to do. A hundred percent. And I think I could getting the number wrong, but I think with 10, 11 years ago, they brought in Jerry Doherty and he's our um, president and CEO now. And they transitioned the model to be a franchising Canadian franchise business, which is super cool because um, it allows people to own their own business, but with the support of you know someone who's been there, um, so you're not completely going it alone. 
franchise model is an interesting conversation. Well, let's let's we could just talk about and unpack this. And this is, <laughs> am I guilty of guilty of curiosity as I as I always am? But you're our first episode on brand and marketing in Western Canada, and I'm I'll be honest, I'm bringing my two worlds together a little bit. I've been talking with so many people over the last year and a half, two years on the podcast, which has been amazing. And also, I live this other this other world, which I'm not sure which one is my main job anymore, where I run a marketing company, and I have heard so much on the podcast. People say, ah, oh, you know, Western Canada, Alberta, Calgary, we have a branding problem. The rest of the world doesn't know how awesome we are. We don't know how we're perceived. And so I was like, hey, you know what? This is a good opportunity to talk to marketers that are in this province and that have, you know, and I look at your professional creeper over here. I'm on LinkedIn. You've been in the marketing, in the marketing game for, let's not get particular, but a few, more, <laughs> more, more than 10, less than 30. Is that, is that safe? Is that safe? Sure. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> She's like, where are you going with this, Tyler? Take it easy. <laughs> it's all good. Um, wisdom, age, years of wisdom, man. <laughs> you've been you've been playing at this game. Hey, two of us can be playing. The, it's like you and I were talking about hockey earlier. If I've just started playing hockey and I've been playing for ten years, I'm probably going to have some tips and tricks that I'm going to that I've learned along the way, keeping my head up at the right time and putting my stick down at other, at other times. So I appreciate that you and you've been a marketer primarily in Western Canada. Have all your roles been based in in Alberta? They have. I've had the opportunity, as I'm sure most um, Western Canadian marketers, to move to Toronto several times. And I've always, um, uh, just for family reasons, chosen to to stay here. Um, But I have to say, and I'm obviously a proud Albertan, proud Calgarian, um, the quality of uh, marketers in our province and and in this this, Western Canada is, is stellar. So there, there's no reason to go elsewhere. Um, and, and the types of uh, companies and work that, that marketers that we have, the, the, you know, I've worked for sm- small, large, and all through. So um, there's no lack of diversity in terms of, you know, what you can get yourself involved in. Interesting. I, I, I appreciate that. It's often because, again, I have, a team, I have a team in Toronto, and, of course, Toronto is... I always joke, I wouldn't go try to hire a reservoir engineer in downtown Toronto. So therefore, you know, you, each market has its own like, kind of pocket of strength. And there's definitely, the, the, certainly the size and scope of, the, of marketers available to talk to and connect with. And even as a recruiter, looking for people on the team, there's just more of them in Toronto. But I'm, I'm interested to see from your perspective that there certainly is no talent gap between East and West, which depending on who you ask, that might show up as, as a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think so at all. Um, uh, and I think that that's partly speaks to um, the diversity that we have in our province. Everyone talks about, you know, it's it's about the energy sector, but I disagree. You know, there, there's all kinds of sectors. And um, and and then when you think of marketing, it kind of comes back to, you know, there's simple concepts. And, you know, we're trying to grow a business. And, and uh, you know, we want to put plans together that, you know, address, okay, what do we need to do? What are the top five things I need to work on? And then go in and, and, and then go after them. So... There, there absolutely is some universal truth, and you're right. Like as much as marketing, I would say that the tactical toolkit is becoming more complex as we add more. How many channels can you think about, and how many, and how many things can you do effectively? But the fundamental pr- principles of how are we, how are we communicating a value proposition to a specific group of people in a way that they can connect and care, that that doesn't really change depending on where you go and where your desk happens to or your computer happens to be positioned. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, I, I, I agree that the more. Uh, you know, the more things get, um, we're needing more experts that we need to utilize as, um, to hire in or help, um, as, as marketers, um, and strategists, but, um, uh, but yeah, the work doesn't change. And, you know, the hundred percent, the best part about being a marketer is that, that things always change. 
and that we're always learning and that the stuff that we did 20 years ago is not the stuff we're doing now and is not going to be the stuff we're doing 10, five years from now. So um, that's the part that makes it fun and exciting. There is not to be found a boring day in this, in this industry. It's why I, I love it. And, you know, being in my role, I get very, I'm very fortunate that I get to work with many different businesses to bring that kind of that same formula of trying to understand the value. But they're all it's still all unique when you get into it because the customers are different and the way that industry communicates with itself is, is unique than another industry, even though there might be there might be some overlap. So on your, you know, as you know, national director of marketing, and you're looking. It's just hard not to delve into like how how was the last year. It's really tough to have that. But maybe let's touch on that before we get into kind of the broader conversation. You've been through the last year. You have how many um, how many franchisees do you guys have? We have 48 locations currently. 48 locations, all fran- all franchised. Yes. So that's 48 individual businesses that you support on a very uh, on literally, I would say, probably a daily or hourly basis. For sure. Yeah. And how has been the last year as a marketer working with those individual businesses, probably in different communities or different jurisdictions? And how how has it been? How have you guys done? And like, what, what, what what's your playbook been like for the last ten months? Uh, you know, I think um, it's probably similar to everyone's answer would be the same on this. On top of it, for you know, for for sure, for Alberta and Calgary, um, which you know we have a, a high percentage of our. Um, uh, coffee houses located here. Um, it, it wasn't just the pandemic. We had a downturn before the pandemic. So it was like double upon double. You know, um, then when March hit, obviously we had location shut down. Um, we saw, you know, some 75% drops in sales like that. You can't make that stuff up. You can't even imagine that stuff up. Um, but you adjust. And, um, and then we saw rebounds um, where... Um, you know, some sales communities just came together and, and some of our locations actually saw um, in the spring sales rebound to over um, what we were doing the previous year, which is just so heartening and um, incredibly amazing to see. Um, and then we had some locations like obviously hospitals and fitness facilities in downtown um, where they're still facing lower traffic. But we were really, you know, rebounding. And then, and then the next shutdown comes. And so <laughs> then we're, you know, then you're down, for, for, you know, 50%. And, and, and where we're at right now is, is we are uh, definitely seeing rebounds. Um, obviously, weather helps um, in our industry. Um, people are ready to get back out again. Uh, um, things are opening back up again, which is really positive. You know, we still have some locations like hospitals and fitness facilities that are, um, you know, some of our fitness facilities are still closed. So, you know, that's coming back. Um, but the, uh, for me as a marketer and where everyone's sort of like, you know, wow, like, you know, how are you handling them? Like, forget about me. Like, you know, this, this is their livelihoods and all I want to do is just work, you know, 24-7 to help support them. And, uh, you know, we had one partner that opened his doors in February. Like, he opened his doors on his dream and on fe- in February. And, and, you know, how crazy. And then we had another one where they opened up in the fall, COVID hits, um, and then in the summer, um, sh- you know, they had a fire, had to shut down for a couple of months. So the resiliency of, you know, these small business owners is just remarkable and it's inspiring and uh, it makes me want to, you know, get up every morning and, and do what I can. 
I appreciate that. And it's such an intimate relationship you'll have with your, well, it's kind of like the coffee shop. You know the people that come in every day to buy coffee from you. These, the, you know, these group of 48 for you, they, they're your community and you know, their success, their failures, their joy, their, 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 their trials and tribulations quickly become yours. A hundred percent. And, and, and they are hardworking and inspiring and, you know, can't say enough about them. And I think um, that's part of the reason that we love coffee house cultures is that, yeah. um, you know, like yesterday I went to my local um, Good Earth and I was taking a picture of the um, partner for, for social and, um, you know, stopped by three different cars wanting to chat with her. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> that's, that, that's the power of it, right, is, is the community. Well, and I think the more that we're held apart, the more we want to be together, right? I think there's going to be, a, I, I'm, I'm excited for the rebound coming out of this, you know. I, I can't wait for hugs to be back in fashion, but that's my own. Right. <laughs> that's my view. So, I'm a hugger. I get yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I know, and we're sitting on Zoom, but next time I see you, it's hugs for sure. 100 percent. Absolutely. Um, very unfashionable right now, but I still want to hug people. The feeling is still, so don't, don't, don't let that feeling die. So as a marketer, thinking back over the last year, you had so many extenuating circumstances. And we all know the cliche, things get tough, marketing gets cut. You know, we go, oh, we cut the extras and marketing's the extra. From your perspective and, you know, even going forward, marketing is an active lever in your business. Was marketing and, and maybe defining even what, how you guys used, because marketing is a pretty loose term, marketing and brand, you can throw that as a big um, umbrella. Mm-hmm. So over the last year, you had so many extenuating factors that when, you know, when the fitness, when the facilities close, there's no amount of promotions or digital or social that are going to get anybody to come in because the, something has then physically happened. So I guess from your perspective, when you think about the last year, what role did you see marketing as a, as, as a set of initiatives play or did you have to really pivot your playbook to get really creative on ways to keep people engaged, even if they couldn't come into the store? Um, well, I think, you know, obviously from a practicality standpoint, you have to make adjustments, you know, the, at the end of the day, you need to survive this. Um, and so if the money's not there, the money's not there, but there's so many things that can be done on, on a, on a low cost basis, whether you're a large company or a small company. And, um, and I think the biggest thing for marketers over the past year has been just changing the tone um, and having, you know, that the empathy um, with, you know, our customers and being part of the journey and inviting and and inviting the community together um, and seeing that as a real role. Um, So, so we definitely did that and we encouraged our partners to do that. And, um, and I think hopefully helped our communities in general. And was there specific, like, we're going to get, we're going to get down in, because we're both in our wheelhouse here, so I'm going to get down in the weeds. So channels, uh, you know, what, what did you utilize or what did you find to be the most effective at, at exactly, because I love it, higher level, that's what we want to do. We want to become kind of that pillar to bring, like, center of the community, which often, the, I grew up in a small town. The coffee shop was, or the bar, depending on the time of day, was the center of the community, often right beside the curling club and the church. Um, but what channels did you use and where did you find the most engagement to, for where people were looking to find that sense of connection when they couldn't do it physically? Um, I mean, obviously digital. I mean, right now, any marketer is just going to be telling you we were online. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone went online and we were online. Um, and, you know, there's multiple facets of that, you know, whether it's your, your, webs- your website or your, you know, your e-commerce technology or um, your social Um all of it kind of works together. I think for, um, I think 
I think at the end of the day, one of the things that, like when, when March hits and you're like, holy crap, you know, you definitely, there's a bit of scrambling and just like, what are we going to do? Um, but then you settle in. And, and I think that um, not just for our industry, but for every industry, you know, people were sort of saying like, now is the time for me to, for, for our companies to just be good at what we're good at. And to kind of really double down on what we believe in. So, um, you know, for Good Earth, I mean, you know, the product needs to be good. You know, how is your is your coffee top notch? And you know, is your your how's your food execution and your service, and and the power of just doing it better than anyone else. So, um, so there's that piece. And then and then in terms of okay, once the settling it's settled out, and you're like, okay, now is the time to put the work in to kind of move forward on the things that we're passionate about. So for Good Earth, um, you know, passionate about the community. So. Uh, it sounds, I think, counterintuitive, um, possibly in, in a pandemic, but we think that coffee has to bring people together, even we're in a shutdown. Um, and relationships matter, and that connection matters. So um, so we double down on that, and, and obviously we have counterparts like... Um, you know, our competitors, Starbucks and, and Second Cup that are closing locations. And we feel like there's an opportunity to come in and help communities in that area. Um, and the, the examples of that connection, um, uh, another uh, example I can think of recently was um, I'd gone into a, a local um, coffee house um, of ours and there was this big, big display of flowers. And I'm like, well, wow, like, what are we celebrating? And as I walked up, there's uh, a thing, and it was in memoriam. Um, and I ha was in um, line, and there was two other people in front of me. And the two groups in front of me were all conversing with the, the barista and talking about the person. Um, so I guess it was a, one of our regulars, um, and the, the staff had taken upon themselves to, you know, celebrate her life. And, um, and what, what caught me you know, was the fact that the two people in front of us knew the person and, um, and hadn't seen them or, you know, um, had a relationship. And, and that's where you kind of have that, like, the moment is bigger than that, right? Like, it's, it's more than that. It's more than the, the coffee and, and things like that. And another example of that connection community that kind of struck me in the heart was um, uh, one of our locations in, in Winnipeg, um, and I know this through social, one of their baristas has a talent for doing little notes. And so with every coffee, she was, um, had done a calligraphy thing and giving away notes that say, you matter. Well, like in a time like this, who, who doesn't take something from that? So, um, so I think that that would just, you know, pulling together and really focusing on what you're strong at and what you believe in and what you're passionate about. Um, you know, as a marketer, that, that's what we needed to do. And as a team, that's what we needed to do. Another thing that um, I would say, you know, is really important for, for, for Good Earth is that the fact that values matter. And so we kind of got back and really thought about, like, why are we doing this? And, 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 and so we wanted to inspire conversation and, and use this time when people are being reflective to, to do that. And, and if we're passionate about environment and our social communities that we're part of, how do we get other people involved and, and part of that? Um, so we think it's community. We think we do it together. I know. I, bet I rambled again. <laughs> no, not, not, not at all. I, I appreciate really understanding like so much. It's so easy to take marketing up to this 30,000 foot and talk about these big broad campaigns uh, versus getting down to like what actually happens like 
with the customer, like that belly to belly moment, uh, sorry, not COVID, that, that six feet, that social distancing moment where you can create that. So from a leadership perspective, I guess, how do you set the tone? I guess, because you, you, you can't go out and plan every one of those engagements. Somebody has to have the idea, but they have to need to be empowered to do it. So I guess maybe understanding whether you're a franchisee or a thousand person company that has a bunch of front, a front line workers of the people that actually deal with your customer. I guess what's your perspective on how do you set the tone for those magical moments to happen? Because they don't happen by accident, but yet you still can't plan them out. If you try to be too deliberate, it kills it. <laughs> for sure. Um, I think it's two things. One, yeah, yeah, you have campaigns. Like, um, uh, and you have, um, I, I guess, um, so we would call it th 3E, like service. Anyway, there's, there's ways that you kind of go out as a campaign and you kind of speak to it. Um, but I think it comes down to um, two things. One, a consistency piece of, uh, as a brand, this is what we believe in and here's what we speak to. Um, you know, if we we believe in making, you know, ethical choices and uh, social responsibility, and we talk about it over and over, it opens the door and it, it empowers our team and our, our people um, to speak that way. And it also attracts, you know, having that passion and always, you know, you're attracting partners and you're attracting baristas that have an affinity for that, an affinity for the brand. Um, and and I, I guess I kind of think of it as like um, positivity, you know, you know, begets more positivity. Um, so the more we're passionate about it and the more we're talking about it and we're kind of engaging with it, um, you see those things come up. Like um, my daughter will come home and tell me, you know, with a, a to-go bag and on it is written, um, adulting is hard. Again, you can't, I can't tell the barista, you should do that. But I love that our partner obviously has that um, passion to help bring the fun and, and bring the community um, spirit um, and obviously has hired people that have those same you know, values and uh, philosophy. I, I love when, to hear you talk about marketing and brand. It's so easy. And again, not, not being critical, I talk to a lot of B2B companies, especially right now in the last six months, they're like, okay, I guess we need to start thinking about marketing. I guess we need to get serious about this marketing thing because our old levers aren't working, our business is challenged, or they're trying to expand. And I'll say it more as a positive. A lot of companies now are looking at customers outside of Alberta, and now it's not handshakes and relationships. But they treat marketing sometimes as this initiative. Like It's like, oh, we took a leadership course, we checked the box, now we're good, we don't have to do it again. First is what I'm hearing you talk about, which I love. Brand is the experience that you create. It, it's what happens every day. It's the mindset. It's the beliefs. It's how the values come alive. Also, it's also, does your coffee taste good? Like, let's not forget. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's way easier to be a marketer if the product is good. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, We're really friendly, yeah. but our coffee tastes terrible. Mm, you know, I might still go for a while, but eventually I'll probably go find a better coffee. <laughs> I've always found I've never been the marketer that wants to just be in a lane. Um, I'm, sen I'm, sen I'm sensing that, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> but I've had the opportunity to work for companies that have allowed me, because I do think that marketing, it's, it's, it's a whole, you know, you look at the company and you think, how, how am I going to shift this? How am I going to grow this? Well, you have to look at this as a whole and, and marketing is a part of it. You're part of that team. And I think the team coming together and putting that strategic plan together is um, is going to net you the best results and and empower to get earth. When I went there, I talked to Jerry and I just said, hey, if you want someone who's just going to 
you know, keep moving the box for like, I'm probably not your girl. But if you want someone who's going to, you know, look at things and help shift things and be part of your team to help grow this, I'm in. And, uh, and, you know, I haven't, the, the culture, the culture that's needed to move things forward is it, um, is to me like that, that openness, that willingness, that innovation, that curiosity needs to be there. Um, and it has been so. It's. I read an article years ago, Harvard Business Review, stuck with me, why the CMO has the shortest tenure in the C-suite. And they talked about the different types of organizations, you know, the CMO that was hired to basically build a website, or the CMO that was hired to drive sales, but yet had no influence on product, or had no, you know, like, well, actually, no, the customer doesn't want that. No, product planning already built the thing, you have to go sell it. Versus <laughs> the companies that had the longest tenure was the CMOs that were actually at this, they, they, they actually had P&L responsibility. They were responsible for, like, what actually does the market care about and want from experience to end product and it was just it just was one of those moments I'm like oh finally like laid out and almost like as, as Harvard Business Review does very formulaic listening to you talk marketing isn't a, isn't a, isn't a department at your company. It's the way you guys bring everything to bear. And I think that's a really powerful lesson that often gets like, okay, we're going to do marketing now. No, we're going to create experience. And then we're going to talk about it in a way that, yeah, I guess it's marketing, but it really is about customer experience is what I'm hearing you guys are all about. Well, and I think too, like if you can't have um, the the teams work together, like you spoke about how do you get people to do this, you know, customer service? Well, you could say, well, that's the job of the director of operations, but really it's, it's <laughs> yes, you all, could, you could say that, <laughs> right? Like it, it, but that, you know, and when, you know, as I was managing big teams, that used to be my biggest, hardest thing. If you hired someone that, you know, felt like their role was this. Yeah. And I'm sorry, it's podcast, you can't see, but like when there's, you know, I've got real defined limits of what my job is. That's not the person I want to work with. I want to work with the someone who, who just looks at the problem and goes, how are we going to solve this? And, and who cares whose job it is? And Yeah. Do you find that, you know, it feels like it almost like to oversimplify old way versus new way. Old way is you had your lane. It was very like, like, formulaic we're now like resilience adaptability grit those are the things that you hear are the main drivers and in marketing i think that's always been part of our tool set but it feels like even in western canada we've had a very you know resource sector but very industrial very engineer-led accountant-led environment i'm seeing a lot of companies now where they're bringing in this more concept of marketing and it's and it's it's uncomfortable for them and i'm not being critical where listening to you know yourself and the worlds you live in it's always been like that it's nothing new but i feel for alberta there's a bunch of companies right now where it is a new way to talk about what the way you just said it like that feels a bit foreign and maybe well probably scary to be honest i think it's trust too like having a trust in your team um, because if you open up that trust, you're going to get it back in, in fold, right? Um, and so, you know, I personally don't, you know, when you're someone sitting at the computer of CEO going, I'm going to dig out this plan that's just going to be amazing. I think if he brings in all these smart people and helps them, it's going gonna, it's gonna to net, net more. And, and I think that we have that happening. And I think that you also see, you know, the more that you see of that, uh, you know, the, it's like the flywheel, like it's just gonna keep going. Right. Well, that's why, you know, having these kind of conversations and just getting it out there and, you know, giving people different perspective of like, Oh, I always kind of thought of it this way. What it would, what would it be like 
if I thought about it in, in a different way. And again, so easy to say in a podcast and armchair experts as we are right now talking, <laughs> talking away, you know, when you're, when you're in the boardroom and you're under pressure and, you know, sales are down and the world is kind of changing around you to say, Hey, we don't have any, ch-. like, I do love it though, because necessity is the mother of all invention. And sometimes you're backed into a corner. You've got to come out with a different, you know, to get different results, you got to put different inputs, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the other thing, when we talked about trust earlier, um, the other thing that's really important for, the t- for, um, for, I guess, companies or teams or whatever is to, to have the trust and know that they can fail. So, um, we, you know, you can have all these great ideas, but if there's no room to kind of go out there and, uh, uh, you know, try something, then, then, then that's, you're not going to get anything further. So, um, that's some, something for good earth. So as a story that we had, like when, when the, um, you know, when the pandemic hit and we were all kind of in that scramble mode, we were just like, we want to help. We want to help our partners make, you know, get more dollars coming in their door. And uh, we want to help feed people. We want to, you know, whatever. So we came up with this concept of this isolation comfort food packs and, and the concept where if you buy a meal, we can donate a meal. So still, you know, allows our partners um, to keep their doors open, but we can give back to the community and we can, so very quickly, we're like, how do we make that happen? And how do we make sure that, you know, as we sell these meals that we can actually get them to the people that need to get them? And the net of it was we launched it and, and I wouldn't say that was our most shining moment of, of amazing things. It didn't, it didn't really work, but it, the learning, just to be a, put a pause, it sounds great. Like when you talk <laughs> about it, you're like, this is going to be amazing. Like, how could this not be successful? I've been in the boardroom in these conversations. I'm like, Oh my God, we've got the best, the best idea ever. <laughs> we may not have sold as many isolation comfort food packs as pizza delivery companies, sadly. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But the work that the team did in putting that together, first of all, we went fast. Second of all, um, the work behind it isn't lost, right? We can use that work for our, you know, catering business and, and different pieces. So, um, the, the net was, we failed fast. It didn't hurt us. We moved on. Um, but, but that, the, the ability of the company to have that kind of growth mindset or that openness to learning and allowing us to go there, um, I think just nets us to the thing that, that does work and, and that does get us, you know, massive sales. And so I think all those little pieces help. So I appreciate that. And I think oftentimes in marketing, there's a question of like, well, can you, is there a guarantee? Can, can you tell me exactly what my ROI is going to be? I may have had that asked to me many times <laughs> where uh-huh. this is, this is a crawl, walk, run, test, test and learn, fail fast. Like all those things, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, that's really catchy. But what's the guarantee? You know, you know what I mean? Like we've all read the articles that say that. And I've had a lot of conversations. It's, it's a big shift for a lot of companies to be okay with what you just described and not consider it quote unquote a failure. Well, and I think um, that is where you could do the culture of, of testing and the measure the risk, right? Like, um, uh, you uh, you know, you're not going to go out and, you know, sell the farm um, and have a big mess. But It, it but is I still think, about risk mitigation. You're right. <laughs> yeah, but I think that the, um, the openness to, um, and, and really the discipline and hard work to say we are going to force ourselves to do that test. Um, and to go out there and try that thing um, so that we can get the learnings because not every time, you know, boy, I would love to tell you that every time I've had winning massive successes with these great numbers and, and I've had many and, and it's exciting. It's great to be part of. Um, but I think those moments happen because we've had the discipline 
to to test and um, and and push ourselves out of our comfort zone and then and then keep and have the discipline to kind of keep learning on those results. Allowing that learning uh, learning to happen and consider it as that for companies that are new to the concept of marketing and brand as an active tool for their business, that is part of it. I think is it's the it's it's uncomfortable, it's new, and there's a risk that you're gonna try something and it's quote unquote gonna fail maybe in a conventional you know KPI sense, but you're gonna learn of what works or what your customers or your audience cares about or doesn't care about. And I, it's interesting. I think in Alberta, I, from the different variety of people I'm talking to, there's a lot of companies that are kind of at the early stages of of, of what you just described of like okay we're gonna try this and it's kind of like nobody wants to look like the, the leader who decided to try it and then have it look like a fail to the rest of the, the leadership team or wh- however it's positioned well and i think um i guess if i was going to offer advice on that perspective there's Please. in marketing there's um lots of things right now that are giving us lots of metrics back mm-hmm. um so we're in this wonderful i mean digital like this wonderful um space where we can do tests and have all kinds of feedback and all kinds of data and you use that to propel us forward and understand the customer and get customer insights and then, you know, tweak and change back. And so that from a marketing perspective, boy, that's super fun, right? Um, there's always going to be a piece though, that you have to look at your, your brand and go, what's right. And I can't actually fully measure this. But, but it comes down to who are we as a brand and where are we going to go and what are, what's going to take us there. And, um, and sometimes that isn't always super measurable to begin with. So there's the two pieces. And I, I would say balancing it out, you know, the play in this, the thing of the measurable and um, learning and tech. And, um, and then you have to have also the pieces of what, like where that comes back to your why of like, this is fundamentally just so important for who we are and that's going to propel our brand forward. I think it's an interesting transition because for years our, our, our industry didn't have a lot of metrics beyond just that final sale potentially. You know, now we've got so many more metrics. It's almost like it took over for a little bit and go, oh, if I can't measure it, it doesn't matter. There still is some nuance and sometimes people don't want to hear that, but you're right. What is, what is quantified? What is qualitative? And how do you balance those two out and don't let one almost bully the other, but let them actually play in the same sandbox? And I think that's interesting for a lot of companies because, you know, there is a panacea of like, oh, digital will solve all my problems and I'll have metrics for absolutely everything thing getting back to your why it's it's a, it's a little bit more um you know based on like how how did you feel about it sometimes the success is the leadership team being excited about a campaign and all getting behind something can you measure that no but when it happens it's palpable in the room <laughs> well and i think too the um the the other scary thing is um yeah, I think sometimes um, companies, and whether you're small or a big company, you can get small syndrome where you're worried that what you're doing isn't big enough. And because you have that um, philosophy, you don't start. Um, so uh, w- one example I would ha- you know, share with, with Good Earth is, is you know, we, they wanted to partner with them or we wanted to partner with a, a company to do something for the environment. And we stumbled across an article, lo- awesome um, local... Um, uh, I, I'm not sure the right word for it, but anyway, they, they basically, they plant trees. They're not okay. a not-for-profit, but they plant trees. They do it on a subscription basis. It's called Tree Era. Okay. Um, and it was started by um, Michael Bernard Fitzgerald, uh, a musician, who just was sort of like wanted to, you know, climate change is this massive problem. How do I help? 
one tree, at, one, tree, one tree at a time. <laughs> I, and I can't, like, I can't stop touring or I can't stop, like, there, I can't stop everything in my life, but I want to, I want to start. Um, so we wanted to partner with them. So obviously, you know, if you, if you're going to do that, it'd be great to like, oh, I'd love to, um, you know, buy a bag of coffee, get a, plant a tree. Put down the metrics on that. That's not, we can't afford that. Our partners couldn't afford that. Um, so, so then, you know, you kind of sit on it. It's like, ugh. and then I sort of hit me and I'm like, we got to stop apologizing for being small. We just need to start. So, you know, worked at the metrics, came up with, okay, we can do 15 cents a bag. Well, that sounds, you know, that's small. But when you, when you start and you put that forward, we planted over 2,000 trees. So I, I do think for companies in general, like that can be a thing that can hold you back because you think, well, I don't have the money of the, you know, the Cokes or the Pepsis of the world, so I can't start. It's not going to be meaningful. Um, but I think that that holds us back so often. And I think we as marketers have to fight to kind of go, well, let's just put a line in the sand and start. And, and if we do that, you know, let's not wait for perfection. Let's go there. That is such a fantastic example of, of, you know, not letting the metrics or not letting that fear bully your what you actually, because the values I've heard you talk about, of course, that's a great, like, why wouldn't you? But you're right, one can bully the other, but if you went back to what's important to you, and yeah, we're moving in the right direction, and one step equals two steps. That's a really great example of the fear of, I can't have impact, so why bother? But you're right, it's yeah. every little step forward. 100%. Hmm. Yeah. No, that, and that takes a lot of, it takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to like, hey, yeah, it's small, but maybe it'll be big. Like, let's get started. Because if we don't start, it'll never grow. So let's, let's get moving in that direction. That's an interesting way to put that. Well, and I even think too, yeah. um, uh, you know, when it comes to um, the environment, um, well, first of all, love, lucky working with Nan and Michael who had that in their grain from the beginning. And, uh, you know, they were composting before composting was a thing. Um, but, you know, you sort of kind of uh, feel like you can't go out and say, I'm, uh, I'm doing this because it's not 100% that. Or like I'm not, you know, as a company, we, everything is 100% compostable, recyclable, but it's not all compostable. Um, and, you know, it's working with suppliers and it's, um, it's, make, it's, it's kind of rallying the community to come together and make a difference. And, and it's starting... Um, and it's starting small. So we were approached recently by, um, um, oh, what's his, uh, a local Calgary company, Ground Up, that's the company, um, to upcycle coffee grounds. So we, we just started a little test um, uh, to take the coffee grounds and turn it into gluten-free coffee flour. And they're going to use some of the oils and use it into cosmetic things. Um, you know, that's not something that we're going to, like, who knows if that will go out and, and turn into, you know, all of the locations and how that will work, but we're starting. And I think the nature of like just starting one of those things will beget something else. And um, I, this isn't something that we're involved in, but I recently saw an article where um, uh, the community of, of Krakow is using coffee grounds instead of um, salt to manage icy roads. Well, Awesome. Yeah, that'd be fun. Let's get involved. Ne- I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> I, I didn't either. I thought, but I'm like, you know what? Let that's cool. Um, let's let's try that. Like I don't know, but those are big things that um, we couldn't. You know, Good Earth Coffee House couldn't do that on our own. You know, right. it, 
concept of cup exchange would be another thing. That's not something we can do on our own. That's something we would need everyone in the industry to be part of. But we can help the conversation and just the nature of, of marketers being able to shine a spotlight on something and help gather like-minded people, um, that's going to kind of start the ball. And, and that's fun and that's exciting to be part of. Well, I'm also here, you know, definitely, you know, culture and, and permissibility, but also there's a scrappiness to marketing sometimes, which I think is also what attracts some of us rebels to the industry <laughs> because you can go like, yeah, I don't know if this will be big or be the biggest idea ever, but I'm, we're going to try it because it aligns with our culture and it's important to us. So let's try it. And like, there is no success failure. There's just grow or maybe move in a different direction. Yeah. Tell me I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, I, I, I only would if I'm willing to get out of the way. I think I'm sensing. So on, on, on the on that note, what, what what can I tell you? You can't do it. no. Thinking about Alberta, and I've had a lot of people on the show over the last kind of year and a half say like, oh, we've got a bit of a you know branding problem, or we've got a marketing problem. They say it in different ways, but basically that the outside world may, maybe doesn't know how awesome we are. And you know, everyone I have on the show in one way or another is an advocate of Alberta and Calgary and Western Canada in general, and just what what it is to be here. And I heard you say you know proud Albertan. From a broader perspective, would you do you agree with that statement, or what are your thoughts on is there a gap on you know you call up our friends in Toronto, they're like, oh yeah, you guys and your cowboy hats and your stampede, and then the conversation stops. Do, is that real or is it shifting? And what are your thoughts around that? Uh, it is real. Um, and I do believe it is shifting. Um, and I think the biggest people that are going to shift it for us are ourselves. Um, I think that we've seen a lot of companies utilize our local talent and we have a ton of local talent. Um, you know, you don't have to go... Um, to Toronto to shoot a, a commercial like you just don't um you know, I've done it <laughs> but but uh, you know it costs a lot more and I, I'm just as happy with the, the talent that's here so um uh I think that we need to like as a a, a shift or a mental thing is to just uh, get rid of the concept of someone sees us differently and, and just see us the way that, that we are. Um, so I'm kind of past that conversation, right? Like I, I appreciate that. <laughs> we're, we're, we just are awesome and let's just go keep telling our story. And I do believe it is shifting even from conversations I had two years ago to like, I've heard people that went on kind of trade missions and it was like, you know, the, what is a Calgary was a, le was a legit thing. And they're like, well, it's not really like that anymore. People have an idea. Our, our world, back to community and, you know, we live in a global village and certainly Zoom, mm -hmm. I think the Zoom of the last 10 months has made the world smaller. I talk to people all over the place and it's irrelevant where they are anymore. It's who they are is what matters. It's not that, oh, you're in Toronto or you're in Silicon Valley or you're in Edmonton. It, it really becomes irrelevant almost, which I am as much as I get Zoom fatigue or, or, or screen fatigue. <laughs> I do love the ability. Like my world got, got bigger and smaller at the same time. It was really interesting. A hundred percent. Yeah. The community is as big as we want it to be, right? Yes. No. And I think, I, and I can't, I think we also can be like overly, like we can, I think Canadians were too humble sometimes. And I'll say that it's like, we are freaking awesome. And just to hear you say that, I was like, oh, it made me swell with pride. You're like, yeah, just, <laughs> we're, we're going to be awesome. So everyone like, you know, how you get people to think you're awesome. Just be awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> yes, <a> absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And next, okay, why we've we been talking about this still. So, you know, as a marketer going forward, looking looking at the future, kind of in your in your current role, what gets you what gets you the most excited? Oh, uh, hands down, learning new stuff. Like the, yeah, um, we're you know we're every 
we're able to learn more and more about the customer experience and the journey um, and apply that and make it more relevant. And, uh, and you know, customers are, are obviously getting, um, expecting us as marketers to, to do something with that information. So I've given you that information. Boy, give me something back that's relevant. So um, I think that the closer the closer we can get to that um, is, is exciting. Um, I think the strides that people are making in, uh, in loyalty marketing and focusing on that 80-20 rule and, and the customers that really mean that are in, that are your customers. And that, are, your, that are part of your, tri- your tribe, if you will. Yeah, like absolutely. Like, yeah. Um, the work that's being done there is really exciting too. So, um, but I think the, the learning and the community and I think the, you know, you've talked on your podcast a number of times about um, uh, this community helping each other, and I think I do think that uh, Western Canada has comes at things from an, a, a spot of abundance, um, and you know, one person's success you know, begets another person's success. And then we all kind of, we all um, are successful together. And, and I think that's exciting to see. So I, I look at different industries and see what's coming down the pipe and I, it just gets you excited and it gets you, gives you that energy to go, okay, well, what are we doing in our industry and how am I, you know, propelling things? And um, it's exciting. So that's, that's what I, I, I love it. That's and again, I'm I'm I'm, I'm smiling because I'm the the idea of like we've got so much of we know so much about you as a customer. Don't use it to be creepy. Use it to make my life better. And yeah. I think that's an interesting transition. We collected all this data and we told you it was your birthday. I already knew it was my birthday, so thanks. That was kind of weird. I didn't need to get a birthday card from X. But all of a sudden, I made my I, I paved this way for you because I know exactly what you care about. That is a very different experience as a customer. That seeing my data used to make my life better, not to just market to me more, not to sell me something more effectively. And there's a, it's, a, it's a tricky balance there. But the sense For of sure. abundance in Western Canada, you know, again, I grew up in Eastern Canada and there was a little bit of, it was a little bit more competitive in the sense like if you got something, I might lose something. I came here and that went away immediately. And that is one of our superpowers, I would say, absolutely. That sense of like, well, let's collaborate. And you talked about there's some big coffee chains. Like how can we do something together to actually create more impact as a group than just trying to do it as individuals? And I, I do see that those walls coming down a little bit. And in, in the energy sector, I have a lot of guests that talk about the willingness to start collaborating technologically because hey we're all we're all fighting the same foe right now versus 10 years ago we're all fighting for the same talent and the same piece of land and you know like battling across the street with each other that feels like that's shifted a bit i've had a lot of guests say that as well it's not just my perspective but that's a the abundance mindset creates a very different set of follow-up actions than a scarcity mindset well, and I think too the we have to be that way, right? Like you look at <laughs> things like sustainability and how how you tackle those things. You can't do it alone. Like we need we need to do it as a group. So um, no, that whole know. isolationist mindset. Like the problems we're tackling are global. Like they're massive problems. We can't do it as an individual, as a city, as a province, as a country on our own. We have to all come together. And when you see some of that rhetoric around, you know, we're going to build a wall, and so not to get specific, but <laughs> the, like we're, the the problems we're having aren't going to get stopped by a ten foot wall. To be super clear, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And, and whether that's business or at a, at a larger, let's let's not t- let's not devolve this into a political kind <laughs> of podcast. That's that's one podcast I won't be starting. I'll try to stay. I'll try to stay out of that round. I'll yeah. stick with marketing and business. It's much more my wheelhouse. That'd be my brother. 
<laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Wendy, I really appreciate one, just having a great chat. So thank you for the candor and really sharing the passion. And uh, you know, I was already a fan of what you guys do. And, and that, now, now I want to go get a coffee and just kind of hang Aww. out and, and experience it. So that I, I love, I love that part of getting to know something I already knew, but knowing it better than I did before we got on the call. What's the, uh, what's the best way for, if anybody wants to reach out or connect with you or is really excited about what you shared for your culture and they want to become part of it as a, either a team member or as a, as a franchisee, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, well, there, there'd be two ways. I mean, obviously, you can reach out to um, Good Earth. Check out our website, goodearthcoffeehouse.com. Um, and if you wanted to touch base with me personally, I think the best way would be LinkedIn. Perfect. Good old, good old, good old, good old yeah. LinkedIn. I, I love it. It's, it's my, it's, I don't even know how many times a day I'm on it. It's just become, it's one of those social media platforms that I'll be honest, I don't feel guilty after I spend 10 minutes on Instagram. I'm like, Oh, what am I doing? I'm wasting time. But LinkedIn, I don't know. It's, 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 it's still sends in that realm of like professional tool. I don't know. It's done a yeah. really good job at that. I think in my opinion, hundred <laughs> percent it's, it's connecting and from a professional standpoint, it does connect a lot of us. So it's, um, it's been great. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's, all, it's all about the tools and what you use them for. Wendy, loved our chat, loved your share, loved your energy, and uh, keep doing the amazing work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I will. I'm going to go have a coffee. <laughs> me, 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 me as well, because everyone is thinking, those two are pretty low energy. They definitely need to get caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Wendy. Tyler, I just wanted to say thank you again for, for the work that you're doing um, in shining the spotlight on on uh, Western Canadian businesses. I just think it's, it's awesome. And um, we're all getting from it. And, um, and you were so open and approachable to listen to. If, even if it's a guest that you have on that I don't know anything about um, their industry, I've learned and I've, um, anyway. So kudos. Oh, that's, and, thank you so um, much. That's awesome. Keep up thank the great you. work and I'm proud that you're doing it. Oh, thank you so much. That means oh, I, I, I'm good for weeks now off that. That was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate the feedback. Okay. Thanks again.